I have with me a, a, a friend of mine who is a fellow trainer, a fellow law enforcement officer, and, uh, and now he is also the director of training for Law Officer Magazine. We're going to talk about that and so much more. Travis Yates, welcome to the program. Betsy, it's an honor. I, I just got to tell you, you're doing incredible work out there. I'm so honored to just be here with you, and thanks for having me. I'm grateful. Well, we have, Travis, thank you, and we have so much to talk about, and, and you are right on the forefront of battling this hatred of law enforcement and the defund and reimagine the police movement. You know, you're out there in the trenches all the time. Travis, why are police officers walking away from this job, even though, uh, and especially in uh, large urban centers? You know, and that, uh, obviously there's been some media on that, but I don't think the citizens understand exactly what's happening. I'm, I'm currently in law enforcement. I've been here 28 years and I, I hear from cops all over the country. And and it's I will say this, it's a lot worse than what the media is saying. Uh, we're going to come to a head here in one to three years. And the reason it's going to be one to three years is about a year ago when everybody kind of decided this is too much for me. Uh, it's not popular to say abolish the police, but that they make the job impossible. I can't do a job that's impossible. And of course, qualified immunity has, has put the nails in that. And so some people were able to leave immediately, but everybody else is kind of looking. And so it's going to take a couple of years for all that to happen. So we're facing a crisis. And you know, it's easy, Betsy, to blame the media. It's easy to blame politicians, but quite frankly, and we've been around here a long time. They've always kind of been the enemy. They've always kind of used us and been and sensationalized what we do and kind of tell half truths. They've always been there, and our granted social media has kind of thrown gas gasoline on that. But really, why we are where we are is leadership. And when you look at any surveys of employees around the country, whether it's law enforcement or something else, yes, pay is important. Yes, benefits are important. But nobody will stay in a profession when they don't feel like they have support from their leaders. And so it's easy to blame the politicians. And there's plenty of it to go around. But it comes down to leadership. And uh, that is the reason when I talk to cops that leave and we're not talking just for cops that are retiring cops for three, four or five years on, they point at leaders because back in the day, Betsy, when we started, we had the politicians that would said crazy stuff. We had the media and our leaders would say, oh, no. And they would push back on that. We don't have that in many parts of this country. And there are departments that aren't having a retention problem. They're not having a recruiting problem. And those are the departments that have real leaders in there. So it's a leadership crisis. Well, and speaking of leadership, you actually wrote a book about law enforcement leadership. And I know in that book, uh, you talk about what makes a good law enforcement leader. Talk about the book. Well, you know, it really is crazy. I wrote a book called The Courageous Police Leader, a Survival Guide for Combating Cowards, Chaos, and Lies. And I wrote it in 2019, but I started writing it in 2017. And the book is really, it was a warning. It was listen, because I saw what was coming. You know, I saw the, the kind of pieces coming out. And I wrote the book because I wanted to warn law enforcement. I wanted to warn leaders, hey, we got to do something different or else. And here I said almost two years later, I got to get a second edition out because the book is probably outdated, right? Because it all happened what the book said. And so the book is really revolves around the first half. The book talks about the problem and the problem is cowards. It's leaders that are cowards that won't do the right thing. They, by the way, they know what the right thing is. People don't get in positions of leadership in law enforcement, whether it's the chief or the sheriff or captains or lieutenants, without knowing something about leadership. They know what the right thing is, but they sort of hedge their bets and they say, yeah, but if I don't do the right thing and I kind of give in here, I kind of say, okay, here, 
my job will be okay. I'll be okay. I call it the art of self-preservation in the book where at the end of the day, cowards will protect themselves no matter what. Well, I remember a day where if you were right, your leader stood up for you. It didn't matter what backlash they would get because they knew it was the right thing to do. And so leadership is not complicated, but there is a vacuum in law enforcement leadership that if we don't correct, it's going to, Betsy, I can't, I can't, I shudder to think what's going to happen. And I think we're already seeing the evidence of that. And that's what really is amazing. Well, they think they're punishing the police when in reality, they're punishing our citizens and yeah. especially those citizens who, like you said, can't protect themselves or don't have the ability to leave those neighborhoods. Yeah, unlike a lot of these reformers, I've been in community meetings, I've been in the neighborhoods, I've been in, in churches and I've talked to citizens. Not once did they say we want less police. Not once did they say we want to cut your funding. Not once did they say, uh, we, you know, they want, just like every other American, they want to feel safe. They want security. For some reason, these politicians and the leadership in this country has made a decision Oh, I'm fine in my behind my you know gated community. I'm not worried about defunding the police because I feel safe, safe and secure in my million dollar home. But to the communities that have to live in, it may be poverty or they're disenfranchised communities where there's a lot of lot of crime. It's not good enough for them. We don't want to give them the safety and security that I have. I think it is really horrible, and I certainly hope uh, these in, uh, that people are recognizing what's happening because there's been a lot of talk about racist police, racist this. But I tell you right now, when, when the decisions are made that disproportionately affects minority communities and rich communities aren't affected by that, I can't think of anything more racist than that. And you're right; they want to feel safe and secure, and in America. That's done by effective law enforcement, professional law enforcement, constitutionally based law enforcement. That's how Americans can get safety and security. And that's been gutted. Well, and law enforcement, you know, you and I have both been involved for many decades in law enforcement. Law enforcement is always looking to improve. We're always right. looking to um, work with our communities. And there's so much talk now about community trust and law enforcement. Tell me your thoughts on that. Right. Well, that is the, it's kind of the story that nobody talks about. Law enforcement today, uh, you know, and probably a, a significant part of the country would not believe this. Law enforcement today, as you and I both know, is the most trained, most professional, most educated we've ever been. I mean, I started almost 30 years ago and there were cigarettes in the squad room, right? I mean, we have evolved so much in a positive way. And a lot of departments are requiring degrees. My department requires a full four-year degree. They have so for three decades. And we have been very cognizant of that. And we, we apply our policies and our resources all to the Supreme Court, all the case laws there, which is what has been really amazing about the attacks on well-constitutional police practices, whether it's stop and frisk or qualified immunity, all these things that we can do by the U.S. Constitution, they've tried to make the public believe that we're doing something wrong when, you know, for, you know, for years it hasn't been wrong. And so the outcome has been pretty horrible. So I think that a lot of the people that demand uh, public trust, first off, should we have trust with the community and the community trust? Of course, that goes back to Sir Robert Peel. We talk about it a lot on law officer, you know, the people are the police and the police are the people. We ought to have that connection and that public trust. But the truth of the matter is, Betsy, there's always has been a portion of the community, 5, 10, 15 percent, depending on part of the country, that's never going to trust law enforcement. You know, just like I'm probably never going to trust a car salesman. I don't really know that many car salesmen, but I just look at car salesmen and think, I don't think I trust you. And unfortunately, we've always dealt with that. It's nothing new. So it is very ironic to me that they've taken uh, 
a subjective thing of trust that you really, it's hard to measure. Although the odd thing is Gallup has measured this for many years and law enforcement is one of the top three or four trusted professions in America. We're right behind doctors, lawyers, and nurses almost every year. In fact, the USA Today just came out with a poll and there was a 79% trust level in law enforcement. So when we keep hearing this, we must do this because of trust. I kind of, I kind of keep thinking, well, give me a number. I mean, we're at 79% now. In fact, the African-American community, I just saw a study, they're at a 70% trust level. So there's a big disconnect with what people are being told and what the truth is, because that trust level is there because they rely on us for security and safety. And so I kind of, and so it's, it's interesting they're using trust to push this agenda when they know, Betsy, it's an unwinnable metric. Like if they said, hey, we need law enforcement to reduce crime to 10%, let's get after it. That's a, me that's a measure we can measure. But they use trust because they know we can never win that. If, okay, the trust is 79%. If we get to 89, is that good? I'm thinking they would say no, they need more trust, right? And so it's really a facade to say that because by the way, Betsy, the people that are demanding that are some of the most least trustworthy professionals in America. Politicians, Congress is around an 18% level. The media is around 22, 23% level. They would love to have the trust level of law enforcement, right? They would love to be at 79%, but they'll never get there because they're liars for the most part. And so, uh, that is, I think the public needs to understand that's a scam. Of course, we should, we should do everything we can do to get people to trust us, be professional, be constitutional, be transparent, all those good things. But trust is a two-way street, like Peel said, the public are the police and the police are the public. And you can't make someone trust you, Betsy. And I'll, I'll go back many, many years because I'm a happily married man for 26 years. But I can remember a few times as a young man where, man, I wanted a girl to trust me but she just wasn't gonna do it no matter what I tried, right? I mean, you can never make somebody else trust you or like you or love you if they choose not to. And so I think what law enforcement has to do with that is quit buying into this scam. Do everything possible in your power to get people to understand why you're doing it and to trust you. Be transparent, to put your policies out there, explain why you do things, communicate to the public. But then if they're still banging you about trust, you kind of probably need to go, listen, I don't know what you're talking about. And something else very powerful, Betsy, is something that we don't do a very good job of in law enforcement. And the private industry does. And that is customer surveys. I mean, I go to get a Chick-fil-A sandwich and they give me a survey to fill out to see how they're doing. They're not doing that because they want to get away free sandwiches. They're doing it because they want to improve their services. Well, in law enforcement, I mean, we do silly things. We take polls of random people. We put something on the website where the trolls can get on there and put a bunch of crazy stuff. Or worse off, we listen to the three people that show up at city council meeting that scream about us. And then we make decisions based on that. What law enforcement ought to be doing is, is just like the private industry. Every person we come into contact with, take a survey from them. And there's a myriad of ways of doing that. And then you calculate all that together. You know, you think about Amazon, the best product on Amazon is not a 5.0, it's 4.8, 4.9. There's always that one person, right? That's gonna trash it. Well, law enforcement's got the same problem, but the problem is that one person we're listening to and it's creating a lot of havoc. Absolutely. And you know, this goes back to what we were talking about before is leadership. Our leadership needs to stand up to the public and to the media and to our politicians and fight that false narrative that we're a bunch of racist, uh, unprofessional killers. But, and, and yet I don't see a lot of that. I, I either see, 
leadership who won't speak up and tell the truth and cite the actual facts and statistics, yeah. um, you know, or I see leadership that just hides or leadership that goes after their own officers. Yeah, the biggest problem with leadership right now, Betsy, is what I call the circle of chaos. And let me kind of explain this to you. In class, I talk about this a lot. Uh, think about when we talk about wanting the public to trust us and, and wanting to get engaged with the public, that's called communication to the public, right? Well, how does law enforcement communicate? We go to the media, I'm kind of drawing a circle. We go to the media, the media tells the public, and we all know that story is not going to be accurate. Is they're going to omit or they're going to make it sensational because the news, they're not in the news business anymore. And then the public hears maybe half the story and we can name a million stories where this has happened where later on we find out the truth. And then it goes in and the, and the public hears that and they go, what's going on? And then the politicians get involved and the politicians scream at us and tell us to reform. And then we just go, okay. And the reason it's happening is because we're using mediators to tell our message that isn't the public, you know? And, and by the way, sometimes it's not even us telling the message, it's the media and the politicians that tell the public and we're not even in the message. And so what law enforcement must do, Betsy, and it's the most important thing for any leader and the private industry knows this. I mean, they just absolutely know this. We just not gotten this. We've got to quit using people that don't have our best interests in mind that don't have a great track record of telling the truth. And we know it lost or every day we're writing stories on how they're lying. And we need to take our message straight to the public, which is the bottom of that circle, a circle of chaos. Just cut it right off. Take your message straight to the public and then provide the public a way to take the message right back to you. And you cut off the media and politicians. I'm not saying never speak to the media, but no, important messages, you need to take it straight to the public. And by the way, Betsy, Facebook and social media doesn't do it. I see some departments doing this. They think they're doing the right thing. And I'm glad they're doing it. But Facebook is not interested in sending your message to the public. In fact, they're interested in everybody being mad. Like that's, that's the social media business model. We want everybody mad because then if they're mad, they will engage with us and we'll make money. So they're going to literally send people the opposite things that they want to see. And hopefully people can recognize that. And, and so I've been saying this to people for a lot of years in class. I said, you need to be your own media. And usually I would get asked, well, how do we do that? And I said, well, it's easy, you know, hire you. Don't, don't get a bunch of cops to do it because we're law enforcement, but hire some media people. Get, get a washed up reporter that's like 39 years old, pay her a raise, give her 25 grand or, you know, and let them do exactly what they did at the news station, which is, and I've seen these little 110 pound girls carrying around the big cameras and, you know, and they, they go and they edit their video. They do it all right. It's just fantastic work. Hire three or four of them. Let you be your own news story. And by the way, the public is going to love it. That's why Live PD was so popular. That's why cops are so... People are obsessed with hearing from us, but we're not giving it to them, Betsy. And I would say this to departments, I've been saying it for years, and they would just glaze over because they're like, well, how do we even do that? And I got to thinking about it, and I'm thinking, well, they're right. I mean, it's probably a couple hundred thousand dollars in salary, and you got to develop a website. And do something. I mean, so it's just not what we do. And so... I was really proud. The team over at Law Officer heard this one day. They said, hey, we think we can help. And I said, what can you do? They go, let's offer local networks for organizations and agencies. We'll give them a section of our website. We'll let our editors write the stories. They don't, all they got to do, it's a small subscription fee, and they have their own domain, their own website. They, they can have their own video, and it's where the public can go straight to that page and see exactly what's happened in the police department from the police department. And I think the beauty of it is they don't have to put personnel on it. Like law officers, all, they have a team of editors, they already have a staff. And so they just included in that article content 
And we've, saw, we've seen great success. I mean, Owawatosa, Wisconsin, people are familiar with Joseph Mensa, horrible things that the politicians and the media were doing to him. Once they signed up, 1.4 million views later, it turned that entire situation around because the public's not dumb. They're just not being told the right information. And when the public found out the truth from the police department, they went, what is going on here? And next thing you know, a couple of politicians resigned and another guy is under investigation and, and Joseph's outcome was a lot better than what it was. And so I've seen firsthand by, by direct talking directly to the public what that means. The interesting thing, Betsy, is these people screaming about transparency when you start doing it, they get really mad for some reason, right? Uh, a couple of departments in Hawaii, a couple of chiefs, and I, I got to give them kudos. And it's a little bit more archaic than I described, but they decided they got so mad at the media. Let's just do a YouTube video once a week and tell the public what's going on. And they just cut the media off. And it's about as transparent as you can get. There's no media narrative. There's none of this. It's here's what's going on. And man, the media has gone come unglued, which tells me this is a great idea. So I would recommend anybody that's interested in that. And this is for organizations. We've had some unions sign up too because their chiefs aren't doing it right or their departments aren't doing it. They're trying to speak for the officers. And one thing you get with law officers and why I'm so proud to be involved is they tell the truth. I mean, they just tell the truth. I mean, I think the public in general is ready for that. And so you just go to lawofficer.com backslash network and you'll see kind of what they're doing there. And I think it is probably the best thing I've seen because it gives the power back to us. Well, and that's what I want people to know about Law Officer is it's it's not just a website for cops. You, Law right. Officer is very unique in in uh, in our market and in our world because it, you know you're not just filled with training articles and news right. for cops by cops all that. I everyone every person in the public who's interested in what's happening, not just in law enforcement, but in yeah. the nation needs to go to your yeah. website, right? And it really is amazing uh, of the news that people don't hear about because those editors do such a great job of mining little local stories. I mean, they just did one today that will blow people's minds. And that's why it's important the public goes there to see what's happening because that way you won't be surprised when all hell breaks loose, right? Or, or even more. I mean, the Portland Police Department's homicides went up 800% and they cut their street crimes unit and they all went, all the homicides went crazy. We all know that. But what they don't know is, and it's on lawofficer.com right now because they just did a story on it, is they decided to re-implement their street crimes unit, but they put a civilian review board over them and then told the officers, you can't stop anybody. And you're going to, this is going to shock you, Betsy. It's going to shock you. No officers want to be in the unit. I can't believe it, right? Wow. It's amazing. You know, and the politicians are just perplexed by this. And so, but that kind of story, you're not going to hear anywhere else. You're not going to hear it on the mainstream media and you won't hear it in a lot of other places. So yeah, they need to plug in there and don't just rely on, obviously we're all over social media with at law officer, but don't rely on that because the social media is kind of, they're part of this, this kind of narrative building. Just go straight to the website Check it out. If you go a couple of times a day, you'll probably be more informed than 99% of the public. So I'm really proud of the work they do. And I appreciate you mentioning it. Well, and you have an initiative at, at Law Officer going on right now called Seconds to Survive. Yeah. And, yeah. and talk about that for just a minute, because that's something that everybody needs to yeah. know about. And then they need to invite their local politicians yeah. and our national politicians and some of the naysayers. Yeah, get involved in that. Talk yeah, about it. It's, it's pretty cool. I, I, I do several training classes uh, through the company and one of them is called Seconds to Survive, which is a pre-incident indicator class. And you got you and Dave do some great work in that as well. But what got the idea was the Chicago incident where they're chasing after the kid and the kid has a gun and literally like 0.8 seconds before 
they shot him, he, he dropped his gun and threw his hands up. And all these politicians acted crazy. And I'm like, wait a minute, you can't even, if you can't hit that 200 mile an hour fastball, your brain doesn't even compute that. But all these people don't understand that. And the narratives came in. And so we decided, you know what, the politicians and LeBron James and all the politicians want to talk crazy. Let's let them do our job for a day. And so we put together a simulated exercise called Seconds to Survive. You can go to that at secondstosurvive.com. And, uh, and we're, we're hosting the first one down in your area, Betsy. Sheriff Mark Lamb is hosting that for us in July. And that is, anyone can host that. We've got a few states that have said, hey, we want to take this to the U.S. We want to take this to the Capitol. We want to take this to all these politicians. That's what it's for. If a politician is going to say crazy stuff about us, let's let, put them in similar situations and see how they operate. And we hope it can change mindsets. We're not trying to trick anybody. We're just trying to tell people you need to be thinking about this before you say it, because it just so happens people in law enforcement know the most about law enforcement. So let's let you do this for a little bit and see what happens. So I appreciate that. Remind us again where people can find Seconds to Survive, where they can find Law Officer, and also where they can find the book. Well, thanks for mentioning all that. And, and uh, Law Officer is easy, lawofficer.com. If you can't remember anything else, if you can't remember the network or you can't remember the Circuit Survive, it's all kind of on there in the banner form. But uh, Seconds to Survive is secondstosurvive.com and then network is lost.com backslash network. And the book's on Amazon. It's all on, on the online bookstores and you can go to Amazon and hit that up. And, uh, you know, if people like it, uh, it be, you can contact, by the way, you can contact me. If you just go to Lofter and hit the contact button, that will go to somebody that will send that over to me. So that's the easiest way to contact me. But uh, Betsy, I can't thank you enough. You and Dave, are just beacons of hope for me in this profession. And, and, uh, and I, I, you're an inspiration to me and I know to everybody else and I can't thank you enough for being here. Thank you, Travis, so much. It was great to spend some time uh, with you today. And if you'd like more information about the National Police Association, visit us at nationalpolice.org. This year, over 50,000 law enforcement officers have been assaulted while on duty. A vast number of these attacks were filmed and uploaded to social media in the pursuit of likes and attention. What they want to do is film you instead of like, what can I do to help this officer? Together, we can change this disturbing trend. If that individual would have hit the right spot, you know, it, it could have been it for me. You know, last time I would have saw my wife, my kids. I'm Mike Solon. Law enforcement officers need your support. If you see an officer under attack, then follow these simple steps in order to help. One, call 911 and give the officer's exact location. Two, ask the officer if you can assist. If the officer accepts, then do whatever you can do to safely help. Three, if the officer declines, then start filming and be a good witness. It's time to stop filming and start helping.